Hello there, Frage listeners. This is Maddie Zaradich, and you're listening to Frage the 13th Horror Podcast. Uh, as you know, it is August 2023, and we are on our annual summer hiatus, uh, where we take some time off to recharge after a year of podcasting and uh, take a little time for ourselves in the summer. During our summer hiatus, we always bring two rewind episodes, as we call them, where Andrew and I uh, go back into our catalog and select some of our favorite episodes to reintroduce to you. Um, Andrew just had a great one for you earlier in the month, and now it's my turn to choose mine. And for mine, I'm taking us way back to episode 13, Climate Change is Terrifying. This episode came out over four years ago, and it's one that we were really proud of when we produced it. Um, there's, there's a few things that make this episode special. Um, number one, just, of course, the content itself. We're talking about climate change here, something that Andrew and I both care really deeply about. Um, and I think, you know, visiting this back now four years later, um, it is really sad to think about how much worse it's become um, and, and thinking about how bad it was then. Right. But if you think about the last four years and think about the terrible storms that have occurred, think about the diseases that have cropped up, think about the wars that are being fought, all of which, uh, you know, wherein climate change has some sort of some sort of a hand in each one of them. You know, most recently, I'm thinking about the wildfires, the wildfires, pardon me, in Canada um, that sort of cascaded the Midwest and, and the Northeast in smoke. Uh, what seems to be just the constant uh, wildfires uh, out west in California, over in that region. And then I'm also thinking right now about um, the devastating wildfire in Maui that just happened recently, um, where so many lost their lives and where so much of the, of the area was just completely obliterated. Um, not to mention, of course, the intense heat on the continent here in Europe. Um, and some of the um, the wild things that have been occurring all around the world because of the scourge of climate change and the inaction of those that are in power um, and their, um, their, their perceived helplessness when it comes to it. You know, look, on our show, we talk about some dark things. We're a horror podcast after all, but we talk about horror in real life and in the movies. Um, but, you know, one thing that Andrew and I are not are nihilists. Um, I would say that we're pretty hopeful people. And so, you know, while I'm, uh, I'm pretty disappointed in how our politicians and our elected folks um, have been acting about climate change all around us, I'm hopeful still that, that someone will, will take a stand, that someone will stand up and help us in the ways that we need. And I'm not talking about just getting rid of plastic straws, right, man? I'm talking about systemic change from the top. I'm talking about fossil fuels. I'm talking about stopping drilling I'm talking about, you know, stopping the, the, the mass production of plastics that we don't need. Um, so, you know, look, there, there's a whole lot that needs to change in the world. You know, Andrew and I have never once believed that, that our podcast is going, to, is going to accomplish that. Don't, don't get us wrong here. But, hey, we do hope that it helps bring a little bit more awareness um, to our own lives because we certainly need to be aware of, of what's going on around us. Um, so, you know, look, there's one thing uh, that we're talking about about why I chose this. Um, but another reason is uh, when you listen to to the very top of this episode, what you'll hear here is that um, you're going to hear that uh, it's our first one of our first attempts at creating a skit for the show. So if you're a listener, you likely know, already know, of course, that each of our episodes begins with a very silly skit. These skits are scripted. We write them before we record the episode. 
and they're just sort of dumb, right? Like we think they're like just sort of like hilariously stupid and we just do it every time and and they've become actually kind of charming. We hope that you like them. Um, but anyways, this this one that you hear here is um, is not scripted. It was totally ad lib and it's it's dumb, but it is kind of cute to go back and listen to it. You'll hear like some sound effects behind it because like the idea was Maddie's trudging his way in the crazy snowstorm so you'll hear like wind sounds around me and then when i get inside michael and andrew's house to record the episode there's like a fire crackling and it's comfortable and cozy um and it is funny because the day that we recorded this it was a pretty shitty snowstorm outside um and i did trudge my ass over to their house to record um, and it was indeed very comfortable inside. I'm sure we had many libations after. So look, folks, I've talked enough. That's your intro to this episode. Hope you really enjoy it. A um, couple more things for you. You know, remember, uh, we are a proud, independent podcast. We rely on uh, your help to keep going. So if you'd like to help us, uh, you know, with some sort of uh, monetary support, you can do that at www.frygay13.com support. Um, or you can also leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And then as always, the best thing is just telling one of your pals that you listen to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. Folks, I hope you're having a wonderful summer. We'll look forward to coming back to you next month with some full-length episodes. But until then, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Thanks a lot. Get slayed. Oh my God, I can barely see a thing. It's so snowy. The wind is just insane! It's crazy out here! Andrew, where are you? Maddie! Over here! Oh my god, I can I can barely see you! Come on, follow my voice! Right, I'm, I'm coming toward you! I'm, I'm coming toward you! Get in here! Get, get in here! I'm in! I'm, I'm in! Oh god! Alright, oh. you're here. Good. Oh god, it's so much better. I'm, I'm happy that you made it. Oh god! It's so cold. Oh god! I, I have a fire going for you. Just oh. warm your hands. There's so much, so much snow. So much. It's snow. So white. <laughs> it's so white, like our lives, basically. <laughs> it's crazy in here. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, what, what are we? What are you doing here today? Oh God, I, I I I had to hike all the way from my apartment to get over here. So like a mile. Though. Yeah, yeah. It's in the snow though, <laughs> so it's hard. It's a snowstorm today. Oh God, I'm glad to be here though. This is good. Yeah, um, we're here to do episode thirteen. Uh, l- lucky thirteen. Lucky thirteen. Yeah, and I'll I'll tell you with what we're focusing on today. I I am. Um, I think that the weather is matching what we're going to talk about, uh, because as you know, Andrew, we had a big snowstorm in Chicago last night. It's not one of our worst, but yeah. there's there's about four inches of snow on the ground. I would say. Would say uh, everyone yesterday in the office was freaking out and use it as an excuse to go home early, except for me, of course, because oh, I'm from Michigan and we have snow all the time. Yeah, and uh, I was at the grocery yesterday, and let me tell you, people thought it was fucking Armageddon, apocalypse. In Chicago. And guess what? It really wasn't. We've had far worse than this. So, anyways, we are talking about climate change and winter weather and weather. winter and winter uh, weather horror movies too. So it really matches. Um, it's actually kind of like good, good atmosphere. Yeah. For us, I think. So we're excited. You're excited. Let's get into it. Are you ready to get slayed? Because I know I am. Candyman. 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 Be afraid. Be very afraid. We have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I love China. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? 
I just want them to suffer. I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. In 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos. We'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? know it as that blue thing Bruce Willis is always trying to save. <laughs> or from its famous collaboration with wind and fire. <laughs> or just simply as that place where George Clooney lives. Anyway, the Earth had some genuinely bad news this week. A White House report that says global warming threatens every part of the US. This isn't something in the distant future. Climate change is already affecting us now. Now. Smart move, Obama. That is a key shift in how to talk about climate change, because we've all proven that we cannot be trusted with the future tense. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. I am Andrew. And I'm Maddie. And you are now listening to episode 13. That's right, people. 13 full episodes. 13. So we are here today to talk about some extreme weather and how weather is terrifying. It is terrifying. I think, you know, um, you know, in our little intro, you, you heard us talk about a snowstorm here in Chicago. I think one of the interesting things to think about is like how mild winters are, are seeming to get. Anymore. Yeah, because I remember as a kid, we would get really bad snowstorms to where the, the what do you call them, the plows would do like the big hills. Oh, yeah. And then sure. you'd like make forts out of it. Yeah, and or like, like that was your sledding hill. Yeah, and yeah. I haven't seen that in... In a, in a long time. I yeah. mean, like, you know, back in the day in Chicago, I've lived here for nearly 15 years. Like, we had some serious snowmageddons. And um, when when I grew up in Northwest Indiana, we lived south of Lake Michigan, so we got Lake Effect snow yeah. pretty bad. And so there would be you know co- common snowfall was well over a foot. Right, that was all the time, and that seems to be going down more and more. Um, and you know that's that's just sort of like a, a micro view of climate just where we live. Yeah, because I don't even think we had um, snow at Christmas this year. We did not have snow at Christmas, and if it was like maybe just a little bit of a dusting, but that was it. It was actually kind of warm. So you know now it's January. I think it's January nineteenth today. Um, we're just getting a, a real taste of snow, I feel like, in Chicago, which is pretty late. Yeah, definitely. Our, our winters can be... I mean, I'm okay. Oh, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not angry about it. But I am, I am like, genuinely... It, it, it's... I don't know if this is a function of climate change. I'll be perfectly honest with yeah. you. What I do know is that climate change is definitely on my mind. Yeah. And it's it's on my mind a lot every winter just because, you know, all of a sudden there is this stuff that appears out of nowhere called snow and you have to deal with it. Well, and, and it's so- really weird being, I think a lot of our listeners, you know, the people that don't live in the Midwest and um, don't live on the East, you know, the Upper East Coast right. that don't have to deal with four seasons that yeah, only sure. have maybe like one or two or some very like milder weather don't have to worry about it. But when you live in an area where you literally get four seasons like four yeah. distinct seasons it's really strange it's it's, it's a weird. hard thing to think about because in the winter time you have to you have to operate in a completely different way than you do in the summertime and 
it's two different wardrobes. It's two Entirely. different, like it's, it, it's just really strange. And if you've never lived in that environment, you don't really know what that's like. Right. And then, you know, it, you know and then thinking about climate change too, you know, I think about it now, especially because like the worst thing that we have to deal with here is snow. Right. Basically. But like people in California, the worst thing that they have to deal with are terrible fires and earthquakes and earthquakes and, and landslides. Yeah, I mean, I mean all all of that stuff together, right? And then you know, down south and on the East Coast, people are are that's where they have to worry about really bad hurricanes. Yeah, and, and you know, tornadoes and tornadoes, tornadoes in the, the, the flyover states. And... So you know, all of these things are are becoming exacerbated in our world today, and we're seeing more extreme forms of them all the time. And, you know, we are left with a government that doesn't seem to want to really address what the root causes of climate change are. This is what I don't get, is yeah. if we're going to employ <laughs> scientists, if we're going to give them grants, if we're going to allow them to do all of these studies in and around our environment, in and around how it's changing, why aren't we listening to them? I, th I think because, uh, because I th I, if we did, we'd have to fundamentally change the nature of business in this country. And I think that really worries both our politicians and business leaders and, and business owners well, um, and it, in this country, because they would lose, they would probably stand to lose in the short run a lot of money. Or, or at least what I should say is, they would have to learn how to make money in a new way, yeah. which is not by exploiting the earth and exploiting the earth's people just to extract the biggest amount of profit that they possibly can. And I do feel like um, we are on the downswing from kind of the uh, environmentalists that we yeah. had. in because I remember in like the late 90s, you know, I would say for, in my lifetime anyway, in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a huge push for uh, recycling efforts. Yeah. Like there was a lot of like plant trees yeah. and like do all that stuff. Like I remember in elementary school on every Earth Day, we would plant a tree. Right. And like, yeah. I, I feel like that doesn't really exist as much anymore yeah you know yeah. we went through we went through that whole period where everyone was clocking their carbon footprint and like all that stuff but we don't really hear about that as much anymore and i'm wondering why that's well, kind of I, you know I, I think i think it sort of goes back to what we were talking about in our december episode you know when we in december we talked all about consumerism and convenience i think a big part of what you're talking about right now is, I mean, just like, just think about like Amazon, for example. Yeah. Think about how many packages they ship every single day. It's, it's, it's beyond like my comprehension, how many packages they send in a year. Right. Think about the boxes that they use and like all the plastic filling that they use or even styrofoam sometimes, you know, all that stuff has to go somewhere. Yeah. And where is it going to go? And there's most only likely, so much room. Right. And like, you know, is it going to go like underground? Okay. Well then what is it going to do there? It's going to release more CO2. Is it going to go in the ocean? Okay. What's it going to do there? It's going to kill more reefs. It's going to kill more fish. It's going to kill more uh, sea life. It'll create more CO2 problems. I mean, we're just, we're, we're, we're really at this, this, this turning point. Well, I think we're beyond the turning point. Yeah. But, but I think that we're in the space now where we as very enlightened people should be able to look and see like, holy shit, what are we going to do about this? Yeah. And the people in charge right now don't seem to want to do that. Well, I don't think that they're, they're not they're Okay. So I think there's two ways that kind of people operate in mm -hmm. this, in this world is you can either think about the time that you spend on this earth and that's it. Or you can think about the time that you are going to see others live on this sure. earth. And I, I do think that there's a fundamental 
difference the way that people think yeah and that's kind of how they they treat the world is are, are you only treating it for the time that you're going to be here or are you treating it for the time that you want to give other people the opportunity sure. to be here does that make sense oh it, it totally does i you know i think there are some really great examples of that happening right now in our country because of the shutdown mm-hmm. so with the shutdown um, number one not only are the national parks closed but i mean they're open for people but they are closed their, their employees aren't there is what i'm trying to say um but also the epa isn't isn't yeah. isn't in action so actually i was with one of my friends last night uh who works for the epa and, he, oh, and no. he's in crisis response he's not getting paid for his job yeah him and his him and his uh co-workers have to have to do it though did you but see the, the, but the, did you see that buzzfeed article about the guy who basically went in and took pictures of all the bathrooms in the national forest i did see and that. then he went in like cleaned, and cleaned up because yeah. he was like hey garbage people right like what are you doing like yeah. just just because someone is not there to pick up your garbage doesn't mean that you can't like exactly be a decent well, human being and and not just that but like you know the point you were making before about are you the kind of person that that just thinks about your time here or are you the type of person that thinks about you know your time after you're gone and think about the people that were going to joshua tree national park yeah they're driving their atvs and trucks all over the place off trail and they were literally cutting down joshua trees what the fuck like like what's i mean seriously what sort of sick bitch are you that you go to joshua tree national park which is gorgeous and you cut down the fucking Joshua trees. Yeah. What's wrong with you? No, there are a lot you, of... You, you fucking animal. You're there's an animal. A, there's a lot of garbage human beings in this world. Yeah, it's just, it's, who it's just really bad. Who feel that destruction is their only way of leaving a mark on this world. Uh, well, you know what? Unfortunately, they, they are leaving that mark. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing those effects over and over again. And, and there are, are plenty of people arguing about this and that and why it's happening and why it's not happening according to them or whatever. Can you blind me with some science? Yeah, sure. And so, <laughs> you know, just I think it won't surprise any of you that we're going to take the more leftist view here, which is that humans are causing climate change. So that's the basis of this conversation. If you don't believe humans are are causing climate change this is this is probably not the show for you i but, <laughs> i but, would fast forward yeah but but have a good day um here are some statistics and uh this is all taken from um even given the the government shutdown and our crazy government as it is uh this is taken a lot from uh climate.nasa.gov uh, that's all, that's nasa nasa uh-huh, <laughs> national aeronautics and space uh, administration um as well as other sources um i got some stuff from wired i got some stuff from the guardian i got some stuff from the un so there's plenty of uh different sources here um let's talk about global temperature rise the planet's average surface temperature has risen about 1.6 degrees fahrenheit since the late 19th century driven by co2 emissions and we know this is because uh, we know that this is because uh, most of the warming has occurred in the last uh, 35 years. That that correlates with our own CO2 emissions. And 2016 was the warmest year on record. Oh, good. So that's that's pretty bad. Um, of course, when the surface temperature rises, so too does the ocean. Uh, so the warming in the ocean it's gone up more than 0.4 degrees since 1969. Um, which is really not good for a number of reasons. One of those would be the shrinking ice sheets. Um, shrinking ice sheets both in Greenland and in Antarctica. Can you explain to me what an ice sheet is in comparison to a glacier? Sure. So um, an ice sheet is is just a, 
basically from my complete layperson point of view, an ice sheet is just like a giant glacier, basically. But, okay. it's, but it's like one giant piece. Okay. So it's not like multiple. So pieces. it's not like um. So it 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 sits on the surface rather than being yeah. rooted under rooted, and above. Yeah, rooted way underneath. Okay. But, like, but Makes these, sense. I mean, there is like rooting underneath, but also they're very very tall. Okay. Like hundreds of feet high. These are. And um and it's it's like one continuous piece. So when when pieces of an ice shelf break off, it's called calving. C a l v i n g. It's a, like like a, like a calf being born of a cow, uh, which is kind of weird. I know, <laughs> but but it makes sense when you watch it. Um, and calving is of course extremely detrimental for the entire planet because it means that. That the temperature is such that the ice sheet is breaking apart. Yeah, ice sheets at the at the poles of our planet help to regulate temperature. Mm-hmm. So you know that if they're breaking apart, then there's clearly something that is way out of balance, right. which is what's happening right now. Well, and if you think about something that is a, you know a hundred feet tall, all melting, and what that could potentially do for sea level, and it's huge. I mean, think about these. I mean, I know love people love to build those houses on those beautiful cliffs on the ocean, but what happens when the sea level rises? Sure. And you got to think about that, too. And, and e- erosion is a part of this, too. You know, as, as some of our listeners know, I, I go to Hawaii a couple times a year. Um, I spend time uh, in different uh, coastal areas, of course, because basically everything's a coastal area. I can tell you this. Erosion in Hawaii is huge. It's real. And the seawalls are breaking down. And multi-million dollar homes from mostly rich white people um, that are right on the coast, they're wondering, what the fuck am I going to do now? Because yeah. guess what? A lot of times, your insurance don't cover that. Nope. So good luck. Um, and also, you know, speaking about glaciers, uh, you're probably familiar with Glacier National Park in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will not be any glaciers probably by 2020. Think about that. Yikes. There were 150 glaciers there. There are now fewer than 30. What? And they will probably be gone by 2020. So is that um, is the erosion of these glaciers over a hundred years? Is it? Do you, do you know the span of you know, when these started to disappear or no? I don't have the span on okay. those. Um, there, there's a. What I will tell you though, there's a really great documentary called Chasing Ice. Mm, it okay, out, it came out in 2012. Uh, it's really short. I think it's maybe 70 minutes long. It it's was my on, kind of movie. Right. <laughs> it was on Netflix before. It's not now, but I think it's like three bucks to rent on all of the things. And it talks all about like the. It talks all about ice and glacial retreat okay. and about ice shelves. It is uh it's extremely well done. So can you repeat the 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 title yes, one yeah. once I Chasing Ice. Okay. All right, Chasing cool. Ice. So, really, really good stuff. It will tell you all about this and Glacier is featured in that as well. Writing um, it down. And it is it's it's one of those um you know, I've been to Yellowstone before. I have not been to Glacier. I can tell you this. Just reading that stat again today made me think, you know what? I've got to go to Glacier this year. Yeah, I before have it's to gone. get there and see it for myself. Um, boy, and where is Glacier? Glacier's in it's in Montana. Montana, yeah. got it. Uh, it's it's sort of like in the, in the center of the state. Perfect. Um, ocean acidification is another really scary thing right now. Uh, like acid, yeah, like, like, like acid. acid, acid. Yeah, yeah. So the acidity of the ocean has increased by thirty percent since the Industrial Revolution. Oh, um, which no. you know is, that, that's a fairly long span of time. You know what that makes me think of? What's that? Uh, have you seen Dante's Peak? Yes, I mean, where yes. they're in the hot spring and it turns into like boiling water oh, all of God. a sudden oh, wouldn't that just be terrible <laughs> yeah. anyway sorry it's, 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 tangent it's, 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 it sounds kind of good today though i gotta admit um but of course the acidification is a serious problem because that's what kills reefs um Ooh. so two-thirds did you know this two fucking thirds of the great barrier reef it's gone oh, it's no. dead and reefs are important of course because that's where plenty of sea life lives and where where they need to live to thrive to thrive and yeah. to survive uh-huh. so you know these these giant pieces of our 
um, of our existence on this planet world that a lot of times we don't think about because we don't see it, right? We don't see the reefs ever, right. especially if you live in, in the middle of, of America. There's no reef here, for God's sake. You don't you don't think about forest fires because we don't live in California. You don't right. think about um, CO2, uh, the, the rise in CO2 levels. And because the, you're not choking. <laughs> exactly, right. These are all things that, that are really easy to ignore. Um and because we've just kept ignoring it, the problem is getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And I think it's important to know that, you know, not one person will be able to turn this all around overnight. But I think there are small things that you can do every day to just help the cause. And it doesn't have to be something that really interrupts your life or has to, you know, make you change the way you do things. But just like little things like, you know, recycling yeah. is like a huge thing. I mean, in Chicago, it's mandatory. So it's not really like right. a huge thing here. But in other smaller parts of the U.S., like like, hey, try recycling. Just try that. That yeah. one little piece. Well, and you know, the other thing, too, is we, we have some really thoughtful listeners and people who um, who really take the time to be reflective about their place in the world. And we really appreciate that. And one thing that you should reflect on is this. The way that climate change is affecting real people right now. So not just like an ocean or a reef or a fish. Yeah. How is it affecting a real person? So there are these great studies that are showing the link between the Syrian refugee crisis and climate change. Hmm. And how famine... And and the uh, the the desertification of crops in the Middle East led to the refugee crisis and led led to really led to the, to the, uh, the the conflict in general, oh, weird. which then caused this terrible refugee crisis that is still going on. You know, probably what six seven years now. Right. It's it's terrible. So think of it, especially if you're a white person, think about that. Think about how your existence right now and y y the way that you control your own waste in this country and, and in the world, think about how that affects a child in Syria. Yeah. A refugee child. Th think about that connection that you have with somebody all the way around the world. Like that's, that's an important thing. Well, I do have a real world example of right. how, how this has really, you know, extreme weather has really affected somebody that you probably could very well know or know somewhere from sure so the what i really wanted to bring up was hurricane maria uh, and yeah, puerto yeah. rico yes of course because <clears throat> so puerto rico was hit by hurricane maria in 2012 in the fall and just to give you a 2012? little uh 2017 no i think what i was thinking of is that horrible disaster movie 2012 that's right yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no 2017 my apologies uh so it hit um puerto rico and much of the caribbean and lower parts of florida mm -hmm. and the florida keys in 2017 of the fall and I'll give you a little background on Puerto Rico. So Puerto Rico was basically uh, for it was colonized by the Spanish when Christopher Columbus came over, and then it was won in the Spanish American War by America. And America, the Secretary of State and the General decided we're going to use Puerto Rico as kind of a how the British would do their um, their. Uh, what do you a colony? Uh, like they're not war. Ter like a territory, like how they would protect the United States. Like that, they were going to use okay, that yeah, yeah, yeah. in the same sure, way that sure. Brit that Britain does. Okay, and they were going to use it as a model. Yeah. So they decided to have Puerto Rico be kind of that area where we're going to colonize it. It's not going to be a state. 
and it's going to have its own stuff, right. but we're going to use it as kind of a, a war territory. A place to keep our ships, exactly. and a place to keep troops, etc. Et it eventually um, became its own place, and we no longer use it that way, but it is still a U.S. territory. And while it's not a state, um, a lot of people equate it to being almost exactly like Washington, D.C. How D.C. is not a state, but we see it as its own thing. Taxation without representation. Exactly. Like, they can't vote for president or vice president, but they can elect their own um, governor. They can right. elect, like, their own people. Um, but they do depend on the U.S. for a lot of financial backing sure. and a lot of protection. And so when Maria hit, basically they didn't get any relief for two weeks after the hurricane hit. So just imagine that. Imagine you are hit by a hurricane. Your electrical grid is completely knocked out. It's it, You have no electricity. For, n- for the whole island. No running water. Nothing. For two weeks while you wait for the American government to say, oh, we should probably send a ship there to help them. And it's kind of crazy. And to this day, I mean, we're looking, it's 2019 now, and the electrical grid has still not been fixed. Mm -hmm. It's still very spotty. There's still a lot of people without power, without running water. Um, um, Upwards of 200,000 people have evacuated Puerto Rico to come to America just because they can't live there anymore. And now that America doesn't see it as this bright, shiny San Juan, come here and have a vacation. of course. We don't care about it anymore. Right, exactly. And um, not to bring up his name, but our our president uh, has decided that he is no, and he has done this under illegal terms, he is no longer funding relief funds to Puerto Rico. Instead, he is funneling relief funds to Texas and Florida. But but I'm glad he thinks that we have five and a half billion dollars for a wall. Yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad he thinks and, that. And um, I don't know if you guys have ever, uh, our listeners have ever seen the video, but his his idea of relief fund was flying to Puerto Rico and throwing paper towels out oh, yeah, I've at, seen it. <laughs> at the Puerto I've Rican it. people. Like, so it's, it, it's another indication of, of the way that he really thinks about people. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds funny. Funny to, to think about him throwing paper towel as though it's a basketball, right? Right. But like, it, it really does speak to how he thinks about how he can't even get close to a poor person. Right. He can't even touch them. He doesn't even want to look at them. He's just going to throw it in the air, and if you catch it, good for you. Yeah. And that's my idea of charity. Yeah. I mean, he's he is literal human garbage. And if you voted for him, which I bet you didn't, you can just fast forward right now. <laughs> or or you can go listen to another yeah. podcast. But so. um I will say that we we have had a lot of um people of influence come out for Puerto Rico. Yeah, and, it's big time. I mean, my man Ricky Martin raised yeah. upwards of three million dollars for which is, which, Puerto I mean, Rican that's, relief. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And it's great that we have people out there that are willing to step up and use their um fame for Good. Well, and you know, do you remember too watching the news? The mayor of San Juan, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember her name right now at all, but she was. Yeah, I really admired her because, you know, standing up. First of all, being in the public spotlight is is difficult just to begin with. Yeah, but then to to be a woman in today's world. And especially stand, a woman of color, yeah, and stand up to Donald Trump in a very public way mm-hmm. that that literally the, the the entire world was watching this woman. She was brave and she was strong, and she kept the fight going. She's as far as I know, she's still mayor. Um, she's still keeping that fight going, and that's 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 tough, man. Like, yeah, I really admire that. I, I just I think she she's done a really great job with with the c- complete lack of resources that that she has. Yeah, it's just it's really saddening that a. Um, a place that we have considered uh, 
as a protectorate for mm-hmm. upwards of almost a hundred years that we can't turn it around. Like we can't, we're just, we've, we've basically abandoned Puerto Rico from a government standpoint. Sure we have. Yeah. yeah. And that's really sad because I know that a lot of um, people that did travel between Puerto Rico and the United States freely and um, kind of vacation there or even lived there part time or had relatives yeah. there. It, it's not gonna, I, I don't know if it'll ever be the same place again. Yeah. Have, have you been there before? I've not, but I've been to some of the Caribbean islands down there, sure. Grenada. Yeah. Um, we actually went to Roatan together yeah. a couple of years ago. It, you know, what, what you said about the power going out reminded me of that trip yeah. because it, and Roatan is in, is in the Bay Islands of uh, Honduras. And, and you know we had we had a nice trip. Um, it was it, the the house that we stayed in was right on the beach. It was also very sobering, though. Oh, it was very. Because we were definitely uh, gobsmacked by the poverty that existed. Yeah, like getting from the airport to where we stayed, um, and we had a, this beautiful villa right on the beach. We got this great deal on it, which is why we all were able to go. Um, but you know, we, you had to drive through. Ab- I really mean this abject poverty. Mm-hmm. People living in complete shacks. Um, and it was uh, it was uh, it was an eye opener to us um, as white Americans coming to this this very poor place. Um, but then also too, like you know, when we were at our villa, uh, a storm hit like the second or third night. I can't remember. <laughs> it was like three days in a row. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it just it just it stormed really bad. But that first night especially, like it was like a, a tropical storm. And you know, for a lot of us, it was like the first time going through that. So it was actually like a little scary. But you know, our power got knocked out, and we didn't mm-hmm. have a generator. And so for basically for like twenty seven hours, we didn't have any power, which meant that we really could open, you know two thousand bucks in food and, and booze basically. So if you open that refrigerator once, like all the cold is gone. Yeah. So you know, just thinking about like our our own little very very sheltered white person yeah. <laughs> first world problem of not being able to open the fridge to get a beer and then thinking about people in Puerto Rico where not just for weeks but for months for months and there are probably still people that do not have any power yep like i cannot imagine what that would be like to have to live through and then also expect your kids to go to school and then also have to go to your job and also like have to figure your life out yep that's a lot. And we should be ashamed as Americans for the way that we've handled it. And I do mean you and me because we can always do more. We can always push people harder. And we need to do that. We have to do that. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. God damn it. <laughs> Jesus. I'll tell you what, though, I do want to go to Puerto Rico. Like, yeah. like thinking about like a Caribbean vacation or like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a place to go spend money. Ab- Why not? Ab- absolutely. Especially right now when they're suffering, they need the tourism. Yeah. And hey, you know, if you're in America, I guess what? you don't need to go there. A passport. Yeah. So if you don't have a passport, go there instead. Like yeah. go, go spend some fucking money. Just go spend there. some of your white people money in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And by the way, you are going to take me with. Yeah. Because I need that. I've heard that the food is amazing. It's, it's got to be incredible. Yeah. And you know, I bet like the beaches are awesome. I, you know what? I bet the whole damn thing is good. Yeah. So is there any other uh, facts and statistics you would like to give me around? Because I don't know if our listeners know this, but we kind of each come to these uh, to these with facts and factoids that we don't really tell each other. Yeah, so sure. it's sometimes just a natural reaction of like what we're going to talk about. I mean, I do think one thing that, that people should be aware of right now is the Green New Deal. What's that? Um, okay, tell green, me more. Yeah, Green New Deal. Uh, it's being primarily um, sort of like uh, the, the torch is kind of being taken by um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York, mm-hmm. who is the brand new real firebrand progressive uh, and also very young and obviously a woman um, uh, representative from New York. I think it's the 14th district in like eh, Brooklyn. I can't remember the it number. It doesn't matter. Uh, whatever. She's fucking awesome. If you have not heard her speak yet in anything or on even on C-SPAN, she's fucking great, man. Like. 
She's a really, um, really passionate person, and it's so nice to have a, a, a just a, a breath of fresh air. A new Congress. voice. A new voice. Green New Deal is basically, um, it is a strategy to bring America to 100% renewable energy by... Uh, within 12 years. So what's 12 years from now? That would be like 20, uh, basically like 2030. Like, yeah, like, like, like 2030, 2031, yeah. somewhere in there. Bringing America to 100% complete renewable energy by then. It would be extremely hard. It would be very bold. It would be extremely radical. These are all things that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and all the people that have signed on to this deal, they, they, they don't hide that from anybody. Yeah. Like, they are saying, yes, this is going to be very hard. Because, listen, we're at the end. There is no more time to save ourselves. If what we do next isn't radical, if it isn't bold, if it isn't challenging, then we're not doing the right thing. Just banning plastic straws, which is happening all across the country, that's not going to do it. Yeah. There are so many other things we have to do as people. Um, I, I, well, you know what else was hard? Huh. The Constitution. Yeah, exactly. You know what or, else was hard? I mean, slavery. Slavery. Yeah. You know what else was hard? Women's suffrage. Yes. Like, you know what else was hard? LGBTQ rights. And, like, you and know, you know like, we did it. Yeah. And, and so, you know, especially, like, you know, thinking about LGBT uh, equality, because we're nowhere near, you know, we're nowhere near that yet. But just thinking about marriage alone, mm-hmm. marriage was a fight that took 35 years. Yeah. So it doesn't this, mean it can't be done. Exactly. This can be done. We can do these things, but we're going to have to do them. And you're going to have to learn more about it yourself. And you're going to have to go out and tell your elected representatives at all levels, not just at, in Congress, not just the president. Tell your local city councilman, wherever you Well, that's where it starts, really. Exactly. Tell them how important these things are to you. And that if they don't start making it a priority, you're not going to vote for them. Yeah. And not only that, you're going to tell your friends and you're going to tell your family. And you're an influencer. If you listen to our show, you are. And you're going <laughs> to tell them that you influence people. Because you do. And, and so do I. And so does Andrew. I think that's really important to know that you need to start from the ground level up. Because, you know, we always have these call your senator, call your, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. And, hey, guess what? Like, that's that's a grand gesture. And that's, like, awesome and everything. Right. But, like, that's not going to do anything. Like, right. it's, it's, it's a call, yes. And it's an annoyance to your senator. But it's really starting from the ground up. And starting your own little movement. Start and Start from where you live. Exactly. Start yeah. from where you live. Start on your block. Start with your neighbors. Yeah. You know? so, so about the but just one more thing about Green New Deal. There, there's a there, there's a lot to you it. look it up. Look it up. It's you got uh, Google the, the page that you <laughs> want to go to. Um, the organization that that has like the best information on it, and that, and that also is sort of spearheading it. Basically, they're called the Sunrise Movement. Mm. You can it's it's a great name. I think that sounds beautiful. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them on the interwebs. You should look them up. Just search for it, and you will find it. Search Sunrise Movement Green New Deal. They have uh, different different uh, little action steps you can take on there. Fun. Go do it. Go learn about it. Educate yourself. And can I just tell you one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking this <laughs> only morning, if it's one more though. <laughs> it is. I was. I was thinking. I promise. God, I'm so. I'm so verbose. It's fine. Um, We're long winded. We it's okay. I was thinking this morning though about my senior year in high school, and I was Why? thinking about it because at, at at by high school, everybody had to take a class called senior comp. And it was senior compositions, where you learn how to write oh, a paper yeah, yeah, as okay. though you were in college, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. So um, our topic that year was climate change. Ooh. And you had to pick a and side. And this was, what, a decade ago This was, uh, that would have been the 2000. Yeah, 2000. okay. So you had, so it was two decades ago. You had to pick a side, and you had to defend your argument. I was trying to make you younger, but then you just aged yourself. That's, <laughs> they, they, they know what an old man I am. <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt. Um, Gandalf. Um, so the side that I picked was uh, was saying that uh, climate change was not man-made. <clears throat> I did. And then I defended it. I, I wrote the paper. 
And, you know, for whatever, I grew up in a conservative household. It's not a surprise well, to me no, that I, I think that, that that's, shows that. I, I actually think that's really important to highlight is that, you know, just because just because you had one stance at one time in your life because that's all you knew doesn't mean you can't change yeah, and doesn't mean you can't um, especially when I was 17 years figure old. it out, you know, right, and, yeah. you know, I think that's important to remember. So I just want to go back and tell everybody I'm very sorry about the senior <laughs> comp paper that I wrote when I was 17. And do you remember what grade you got on it? I, I got an A. Oh, yeah, cool. it, was, it was a really great paper. Because you're in Indiana. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, also, like, yes, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's exactly like, what's happening. Yeah, the, the bell, the bell curve, I'm sure, was probably probably set by me um so i bet i got the a plus in that class trust me but anyways you know what everybody i'm so sorry about the paper that i wrote it's okay 2000 and you're allowed it's you're allowed it's fine thank you all right okay, i think that now. that will wrap up our horror and real life segment wow it's really uplifting yeah so no, but, no, but I, you know what i am uplifted there's hope we can, yeah, there we, can, we can make change happen we can make change happen Goodbye. it can happen so we'll be right back with your questions and answers Anybody else want a whiskey? Yeah. All right, look, pay attention, everybody. Wadsworth, am I right in thinking there is nobody else in this house? No. Then there is someone else in this house. No, sorry, I said no meaning yes. No meaning yes? Look, I want a straight answer. Is there someone else or isn't there yes or no? Um, no. No, there is or no, there isn't. Yes. Please! Don't you think we should get that man out of the house before he finds out what's been going on here? Yeah. How can we throw him outside in this weather? If we let him stay in the house, he may get suspicious. If we throw him out, he may get even more suspicious. If I were him, I'd be suspicious already. Oh, who cares? That guy doesn't matter. Let him stay locked up for another half an hour. The police will be here by then, and there are two dead bodies in the study. Shh. Well, there is still some confusion as to whether or not there's anybody else in this house. I told you there isn't. There isn't any confusion or there isn't anybody else. Either. Or both. Just give me a clear answer. Certainly. <clears throat> what was the question? Is there anybody else in the house? No! Welcome back, everybody, to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. Once again, this is Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And we're back with one of our favorite segments. One to... we haven't done in a while. It's been a long time. And it's called Queerstions. And Queerstions is where we answer your questions but we call them questions because it's, it's funny fun. yeah. it's funny um and then we we answer them so we had a great time asking for uh for your submissions uh we got a lot of questions we're happy to answer them all today literally all of them but i also want to talk for a minute about a conversation that i had with one of our first fans okay um and one of our favorite fans his name is alex so we'll okay say his last name yeah um, but uh, Alex asked, I'm familiar right he asked <laughs> he asked us a couple of questions last week and there was one in particular that I was like you know let's talk about that right now yeah let's, let's, let's take a minute take I, it I was, offline yeah I was at the coffee shop and we and he and I had a, a good chat over Facebook Messenger about this particular topic um, and I think it helped him you know to sort of like think about a couple of things which was you know great and he um he just mentioned a couple things to me that I want to read to you. Okay. Um, so uh, he said, I really appreciate everything you've said to me today. It's crazy how social media connects people. I love the podcast for so many reasons because it's not only a space for gay horror nerds like myself, but it's also like you guys are my gay older brothers who Aww. know a bit more, have lived a bit more, and just can inform me about politics and life and everything as well. 
You don't know how much I appreciate you talking to me today. You're doing great things with your podcast, whether you know it or not. Oh, that makes me want to cry a little bit. I know. Bit. It, was really, um, it was really sweet. I made sure to let him know that when he told me. Um, but Alex, thank you uh, for being with us and for you know, listening and having fun with us and trusting us. And honestly, like, um, you know, we, we come across your airwaves through Apple Podcasts and, you know, we're kind of a a noise in your ear and you listen to us. But if you ever do have any questions that are a little more personal and you want to reach out to us via social media, feel free. I mean, we're, yeah. we're there to listen. So, God, totally. Yeah. So yeah, it was nice to have a conversation with him. Glad that I could help. And Alex, we love you and we love all of you. So let's tackle some questions now. Yeah. You made questions. Oh, I'm sorry. Christians. <laughs> That's right. We call them questions here. Um, okay. So the first one, uh, and these are coming off of Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are at Fraggay13. And then, of course, you can search for us on Facebook. You know how to do that. So, Andrew, first question from Twitter. This is from uh, Pot Boiler Cinema, and uh, it's at Pot Boiler Cinema. Um, what, oh, well, this is for both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, what made you want to start a podcast, and how did you guys meet? Um, I think we've kind of alluded to this before, mm-hmm. but um, I don't think either of us really set out to do a podcast, to be honest with you. No, I think uh-uh. that I was an avid listener for a, a while, and I, don't, I, I think you were much more of a music person than a... like Way, way more music. Yeah. And so I think it kind of came around naturally one day when we, you know, we inevitably always end up talking about movies and inevitably talking about something doing going on in the world, you yeah. know, like politics, politics or, or whatever. Whatever. Did you hear this story? Did yeah. you hear that? Like that kind of a thing. And, and when Andrew says talking, I mean, we mean like long all night conversations. I mean, we've like definitely, four or five in the yeah, we've definitely seen the sunrise. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, and eventually we just said like, Hey, there might be something here. There might be like a nugget of something. Right. And I think it kind of stemmed out of that. You know, we we had a couple names out there. I forget like what the initial name was. I forget what the was. other ones were. It was something it's, to do with it's, Slay. It's funny I looking back. Yeah. But, but. Um, and eventually we came to Friday the 13th. And, you know, one day I woke up to about 10 text messages from Maddie <laughs> saying, I've secured the Facebook. I've secured the Twitter. I've secured the Instagram. I've secured the website. And I was like, and by the way, here's a logo. And I was like, oh, I, uh, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> and then I think I came over the next night and we put together the uh, the, the intro. And no, it was, that, it was actually that, that same day. It was day. the same day. We, we went to a bar over over by both of us. And we uh, we just started like talking, like brainstorming, and then at the end of it, you were like, "Do you just want to go back to your house and just like bang this out?" Yeah. And then we did. So we spent almost twenty four hours for our very first just teaser, even just making the teaser. And that's, that's that intro that you hear at the beginning of all of <laughs> right, our episodes. Totally. So we spent almost a full day making that, and then we you know you know sort of uh, slouched toward Bethlehem from there. But uh, it was it's been great fun ever since. Yeah. Yeah. So and how, how did we meet? Uh, we met through my husband, Michael. Uh, you guys went to college together. So sure did. And uh, you kind of just came along with the package. Uh, <laughs> some people call me the bonus prize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, Andrew and I know each other through through Michael, of course. Um, and we've, you know, the, the thing about our group of friends is that it doesn't matter how you come in or whose spouse you are or whatever. Uh, we're all part of the same family. So yeah. Um, friends and co-hosts ever since. Yep. So that's that. So our next question comes to comes to us from You Watch I Listen podcast, and that's at You Watch I Listen. Um, tell us a time in a movie or a TV show where you were genuinely offended. Okay, I've, I've got one. Okay. Um, um, I, I I'm going to answer this kind of in a 
a non-answer way just because I can't think of a specific example. But um, I have a pretty thick skin and grew up in a pretty thick skinned household where um, we weren't really like not allowed to watch pretty much anything yeah, you, like we, you, you watch whatever you yeah. want so i don't know if i've ever been truly offended i think that there are some uh ways that people have when i look back at certain things now you're offended now i'm kind of more sure. offended yeah. but not from like a oh god damn it i wish not, this not never existed yeah, yeah type okay. of thing so okay. yeah well, that's interesting um i'd say the one one really interesting thing for me that i was offended by um was uh, I believe, think it was, I guess it's two years ago now. Uh, it's the Three Billboards movie. And I think it was called The Th- Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I yeah, think that's, that's the right. full title with Frances McDormand. Um, I was not a fan of this movie in the least. And the reason why I wasn't, and this is really interesting to me because I read something in this movie that other people don't seem to have read the same way. I read Sam Rockwell's character as a closeted gay person. And the way that I read it was that he was such an asshole because he was closeted and Mm. because he was gay. And while I was watching the film, I found that deeply offensive. All right. Uh, It was interesting to me talking to other people after I saw it because other people did not read it that way. Okay. But there were a couple, but most people didn't. So I'm sort of in the lurch about it now. Um, Yeah. But I will say when I watched the film, I I was pretty offended. All right. Well, I I haven't seen it yet. So maybe uh, when I watch it, I'll think of it through that lens and see how it it comes across. But yeah. All right. So next. Next, also from Twitter. This is from Spoop. Hour and that Spoop is, Hour is one of my favorites. Oh, I okay. love those ladies. And this is at Spoop Hour, uh, and that's S P O O P. That's S Poop Hour. <laughs> um, so if you, their question: If you were a kind of pie, what kind of pie would you be, and who would you want to eat you? <laughs> what a great question, Christian. Um, I would definitely want to be a cherry pie because I am from Traverse City, Michigan, oh and it is the cherry capital of the U.S. <laughs> And I love a good cherry pie. Who's going to eat you? <laughs> Probably, like, I, like, want somebody, like, sexy to reside in. You know, like, okay. like Chris Hemsworth, maybe, okay. like, to right. eat, like, my cherry pie. <laughs> okay, wow. <laughs> listen to listen to us today. Okay, I want to be, um, I want to be a, just a classic apple pie. Of course. You know me. Um, and I want, um, oh, you know who I want to eat me? <laughs> <laughs> It's funny saying that. Oh, you know what? Sometimes we fake laughs. This was not a not fake it. laugh. Um, <laughs> the person that I want to eat me is an apple pie. <laughs> I can barely even get this out. <laughs> um, if you're watching A Discovery of Witches right now on Shudder, uh, Matthew Good is in it, and it's Matthew G-O-O-D-E. Is that the guy from He's the... He's an English actor. Is he in that um, musical? Uh, I don't know. No, but he maybe I don't know. Maybe anyway, I mean, he, he's been in a lot okay. of stuff. Anyways, I think Matthew Good is one of the most handsome men ever created. He's just like classically English handsome with a beautiful face. Last and five years, last five years. He, no? no, no, no. You're thinking of Jerry. That's Jeremy Jordan. Oh, sorry. Um, but uh, Matthew Good, I think, is beautiful. And if he wanted to eat me, <laughs> you would let him. He could eat me. <laughs> right. And next, we're not even high. I'm not I know. Even, also, folks, I'm doing dry January. I'm we're literally even, under I'm the influence of uh, under, un, under the influence of nothing. It's weird. I'm drinking diet, caffeine free diet coke. I got my lemon so. sparkling water. Go ahead. Oh god. So, all right. Our next one comes from uh, Ryan L. Terry at RL Terry One. Okay. Uh, One of our biggest fans. um, He would like us to just basically comment on the various discriminations, but mainly ageism that occur within the gay singles community. Boy. 
So I think that there's a lot. There's a lot of layers here, so we can only hit this on on so many. But sure. um, I, yeah, I mean, you you hit it your way because then I'm, I've been I'm still in the singles. Community, well, I mean, so yeah, I was you, perpetually single ahead. for I mean for, for very until, long time. until you weren't. Yeah, until I wasn't. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I think that there is a lot of um, there is a lot of. Uh, various discriminations within the gay culture. A lot culture. of isms. Yeah, lot of isms I mean, I think that um, we haven't really gotten over that in the gay world, but as far as ageism goes, I do think that there is a stigma of people either looking for older or looking for younger. And yes. that's all you look for, and that's yes. all you're willing to accept via your social medias or your Tinders or your grinders, and you're not really willing to go outside of your own spectrum. And I think that's kind of maybe what Ryan is alluding to, and I think that that is a kind of an issue, because I think that um, you never know what's, you know, the, the grass is always greener, and you never know what you're going to get on the other side. And if you do go someone go someone uh, a little bit older or a little bit younger, you're going to get um, a different way of life and a different layer of um, wisdom that they have in growing up. Yeah, I, I think I, w- I would tend to agree with you here. You know, as somebody who is still very much in the single community, um, the single LGBT community, I, I think that uh, I think that isms are, are, are all over the place. I think the most serious ism that we should probably be worried about in the gay community, in the LGBT community, though, is uh, both uh, transphobia, which is an ism, um, and I mean that internally. I mean gay people being transphobic, and then racism. I mm-hmm. think racism is a huge problem still, especially in Chicago. If you ever go to Boys Town, it is mostly white, and there's a reason for that. Uh, we can talk about that later. Um, ageism, though, I think is something interesting to think about. You know, as somebody who's on, I'm on like all the apps. I'm not on Grinder, but I'm I'm on most of the rest of them, um, and especially on an app, for example, like Scruff. I can tell you this. Just like you said earlier, people are looking specifically for a thing. Mm-hmm. They are looking for a daddy, or they are looking for somebody who is not a daddy. Yeah. And they have very clear uh, delineations of what that means. A daddy is this old, and he does this. And a, a twink is this old, and he yeah. does this. So uh, for me, I don't think it's necessarily about ageism. I think it's about fantasy land. Oh, that's and a good point. I, and I think that most of us live in fantasy land... Because on an app, you can do whatever you want. And in some ways, I think... I won't go too long on this, I promise. But in some ways, I think this is good, right? You can go with your sexual fantasies however you want to go. Which you mm-hmm. should be able to do that, for sure. But then also, the bad part is, listen, you're not working in the real world here. Yeah. Like, real-world people are not characters in a book. Or yeah. characters in a, you know, a, a graphic novel. There are real people there, and if you want to make a connection, you're going to have to really find a way to do that, not live in fantasy candy land. So that's, like my, it. that's my thing on that. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> next. Our next question is from Bloody Date Night, and their their uh, Twitter handle is the same thing, Bloody Date Night. Sounds like my kind of date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frankly, it's, that's most of my dates these days. Um, would you? Their question is, would you be the first to die or the final girl? Well, I think that we have actually proven this already. Where do we prove that? We were on Cocktail Party Massacre back in November, or October. Tell them God. what Cocktail Party Massacre Cocktail is. Cocktail Party Massacre, if you haven't heard us talk about them about a thousand times, is a great podcast where they do a trivia contest about a specific movie. We were back on it in October. Go and give them a listen. You can find them on uh, Facebook. Just search the name. Or you can find them on Instagram or Twitter. CPM Horror Pod. That's CPM Horror Pod. But we proved on that episode that that Maddie would die first of course and I would. I would be the final girl. Of course I would. <laughs> and of course he would. That's just how it works. <laughs> All right. On so, to the Facebook questions. Oh, Facebook. 
Okay. Pete from Facebook asks us, Good Lord. Do you like confifi in your hamburger? Now, now the, the reason why our dear Pete put this is because the, the this was the day that Trump served the fast food to the Clemson football team. We'll talk about that later. He just needs um, a spell check. Anyways, the answer, the answer to your question, Pete, of do I want confifi with my hamburger? The answer is yes. I mean, sure. There I'll try go. anything. There you go. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> um, this is from Court Psyops, our next question. Court, thanks for your Court question. Court is uh, uh, Cinema Psyops on Legion Podcast Network. And we love them. Um, so what horror film or series, in your opinion, has the best portrayal of LGBT characters? Hmm. I don't think that there's ever been a great one. I think Fair there's enough. been good uh, good attempts. And I think that if you look at a period of time and a culture of a certain period of time, I think Stranger by the Lake is, is a great oh, yes. is a great one because it does involve a, um, a a time and a period where gay men were still being discriminated against for literally just wanting to have sex and this leads them to a private beach where they can do so. And I think given a time and a, and a place, I think it's a great representation. Um, also, you can hear more about that in episode six of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. <laughs> Good um, plug on our own show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and I have a couple of selections here for this question. Um, the first one is called What Keeps You Alive? It came out last oh, year. I haven't seen this yet. I really want to watch it's it. It's really good. Um, and, you know, somebody, one of our podcast partners just put on Facebook very recently in the last week that you can now watch that for free on YouTube. Um, so so you should do that. It's called What Keeps You Alive. Um, it is a horror story about lesbians, primarily. Don't give um, anything away. because I'm, I'm not giving anything away, I promise. But, um, you know, just keep that in mind. It's really, really good. I enjoyed it. Um, and it is kind of scary, especially if you're single. You'll find out why. Um, <laughs> the other uh, LGBT uh, horror movie that I would suggest uh, to everybody is on Shudder. It's called Rift. I've talked about this briefly before. In Icelandic, it's called Roker. Um, it is a horror movie out of Iceland. It is primarily about two gay guys that are former um, for, former boyfriends. It is a beautiful movie. It is also pretty terrifying. And it takes place all in Iceland, in Icelandic. So it's very unique for most of us. It was excellent. I loved okay. it. And also, like, very realistic portrayals. Cool. I'm into it. All right. Next comes from our friend Alex. Uh, who is your favorite Scream King? His favorite is Jared Padalecki, if you remember from Supernatural fame and the Friday, uh, Friday, the, Friday the 13th, uh, the newest one. He's the brother, the okay. main character. Um, so who's your favorite Scream King? You, you, you go first. <laughs> I, I forgot to pick mine. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so my, I, I have an unusual choice, and I tried to go outside of the box here just to give uh, an example that maybe wouldn't come up in everyone's list. But I am going to go with Doug from The Hills Have Eyes remake. Doug is played by Aaron Stanford, and if you remember correctly, he is the uh, husband of the sister who basically goes to get his um, baby back from the... Uh, mongoloids that live in the desert and he kicks some ass and takes no names and i am there for it that is really really good i'm gonna be really honest i just did not do my homework on this particular question um i think there are so many great scream kings and also some really sexy ones um so i'm just looking at a list i'm literally looking at a list right now i'm so sorry alex i love you um i want to discuss you know what i'm gonna pick is uh, max terrio from bates motel I think he's okay. really good. He's, he's great in the show. Is he? He plays the brother. He was the brother. Yeah. 
Um, I also thought he was really sexy the entire time. I'll be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, I think Bates Motel was really fucking good. I was pleasantly surprised by Bates Motel because I will be completely honest when they announced what Bates Motel was going to be. And Were you was, like, no? Yeah, I was not there for it, but I watched I mean, it I, all. I don't blame I you. I watched it all. And honestly, it took me a couple of years to even start watching it. But then once I did, I was hooked. Yeah. Because they, they really did a great job. Is it, right. is, is my turn now? Yes. Sorry, I'll do my homework the next time. Sorry, guys. My fault. Um, next question comes from Jeremy. Jeremy says, if you could remake one horror movie killer into an LGBT character, uh, who would it be and why? Why don't you go first on this Sure. Um, I would remake Pazuzu, the demon from The Exorcist, into a gay demon. That would be amazing. And there's no reason. Yeah. It's just, but, I think it would be funny. Yeah. And I think it maybe also would be kind of cool if Pazuzu was, was specifically gay instead of just a pansexual demon. Yeah, I'm, I'm there for it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Mine, um, I really want when this new Child's Play that comes out, that is coming out, I want Chucky to just be... <laughs> Like not just like not just like gay, but like flaming gay. You mean like, like you mean like Stewie gay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically, I'd want be, Stewie killing people. It's, it's Stewie as as the new Chucky. That makes yeah. sense. Okay, so, yeah. that works. All right. <laughs> All right. Coming. Oh, this, this is a fun one. Coming from part. Julian okay. uh, on face on Facebook. Uh, kill, fuck, marry, Jason, Freddie, and Michael. Um, I would marry Michael Myers because he's always quiet. Um, I would, <laughs> I would fuck Jason, I suppose, um, just because he doesn't have knives for fingers and I would kill Freddy. Oh, but would sad. you change it around? Yeah, I think I would kill, uh, Jason okay. because gross and well, with the mask on. Yeah, it's still gross. So, fair enough. Because <laughs> um, I'm thinking of like zombie Jason, not like Jason from the first couple movies. Oh, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then I would fuck Michael because he looks the most fit, you know? And then um, oh, I would point. marry Freddie because he can make all my dreams come true. Oh, oh. see, <laughs> you gave that some good thought. That, that was good. That was a good one. Okay, let's see here. What's the next one? Um, also from, from Court Psyops, um, what is your favorite one-off slasher movie? Um, I and, this, and what he means by that is uh, not part of a series. Not part of a series, yeah. So this is a movie that came out a couple years ago from Canada, actually, and it is called Girl House. Um, oh. Girl House is a pretty awesome slasher. And, and, and if you've seen the movie Cam that was recently on yes. Netflix, yeah. it's in the same vein of following um, girls that live in a house where they are all cam girls, where they all get paid for being on camera. And... Um, this she pisses off the wrong guy and he finds out where this house is that they all live in and there you go okay uh my selection is blood fest came out last year tons of fun loved watching this we talk about this in our halloween episode can't say enough good about it i'm, yeah. st- I'm still surprised how much i loved it so blood fest is my choice all right and i think we we need to back up one here uh to jacob's question um, why do you think the LGBTQ community embraces horror as much as we do? Um, I think, uh, that we probably find a lot of comfort in stories that are about people that seem like outsiders or that seem like they don't fit in or people that are going through extreme situations. I think that those are pretty easy stories for us to, latch uh, on to latch on to. And so I think that, um, especially, you know, for, for people that are, you know, around our age and they're growing up, uh, for most of their lives under oppression, let's face that fact, right? Like horror movies are an escape. 
like they're sort of like the, like the ultimate escape when it comes to films in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think to add on to that, I think that as a person that grows up feeling different, we're always looking for a community, yeah. and um, the horror community is a unique one, and it's special, and people really... Um, when you when you love horror movies and you get together with somebody else that loves horror movies, something magical happens. Truly, and I think that there's something in that in that community aspect as well. Yeah, shout out to our Days of the Dead people too. Yeah. Um, next question is from Rolf, and Rolf says, uh, "Who would win in a fight between Pamela Voorhees and Debbie Loomis?" So Pamela Voorhees from Friday the Thirteenth, and Debbie Loomis from Scream uh, Two. Two. Yes. Do you want to go first? Pamela Voorhees is going to win. You think so? I think so. I think that um, Debbie Loomis has the age a little bit. Um, uh, she's got the upper hand. The advantage. Because she's a little more agile. Sure. Can, and she's also got a gun, which is really smart. Yeah. Uh, where Pamela just decided, I'm going to come here with a machete. and. But you know what? Fair enough. She did hoist all those bodies up into trees and set so all those traps. She got so. that strength, girl. You know, it, I, 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 it might be a tie. I don't right, know. You can deal yeah. with that. You know, a tie wouldn't be the worst thing. I don't know. So, we'll see. I think we have some Instagram questions now, too. Oh, let's hear it. Okay, so the first one is uh, from JerBear88. Uh, Bear says, I might have met... Well, wait, we've already answered this. Uh, so Bear asked how we met, but he's also asking if we would ever do a live episode via YouTube. Oi. So um, we're, 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 we're thinking about this. Maybe. Um, you know, the, the great thing about uh, Friday the 13th is that we're, we're continually developing things, um, and we're always ready to experiment, right? So um, I can tell you that, like, produced video is going to be a thing that we play with in 2019, so... Um, we don't know yet. We'll yeah. we'll get there, but we're going to be doing some new and interesting things. Uh, we have one exciting project that we're thinking about right now. Yeah, we we are thinking about doing a scripted series. So getting together, yeah. you know, we have a lot of friends that are actors or actor adjacent, or were actors in a in a previous life in college or whatever, and we're we're toying with the idea of putting together something um, like horror, a radio drama, horror adjacent. Yeah, and we'll see where it goes. But as far as YouTube goes, I don't think we're quite ready for that yet. Right. Um, we're both balancing, um, you know, full time jobs, looking for jobs, looking for new opportunities, and then also managing already three levels of social media so <laughs> it's a lot um but so, but but stick with us and yeah we promise we'll new things are coming your way for sure um we've already answered that question again people are asking about video a lot um from the torn prince bright side um they're asking us what's your favorite decade for horror movies and why um i would have to probably say the uh you know um Let's see here, like 78 to 88 is probably a nice. pretty great time to yeah. be in the horror genre. But there's also, it was also a time where horror movies were coming out every single week. Right. So sure. um, there's a lot of garbage. A in, there's a lot of garbage time. in there too. Yeah. Um, but I would also say, you know, this decade has been pretty freaking good. good. Like, especially for independent horror. I mean, we have movies like It Follows, Starry Eyes, Babadook. I mean, we've gotten some really good, good, good horror movies in the independent culture. Honestly, big time. So, so I, I, I'm kind of right with. You. I, I would say, you know, I, I was thinking about years on films um, and like from like 73 on because like that's like The Exorcist and The Changeling, which are The Exorcist is my ultimate favorite horror movie. But The Changeling is right up there with it. I fucking love The Changeling. Um, so that's a really great uh, time period. But just like Andrew said. I think right now we're living through a great renaissance of, yeah. of horror. It's, it's and it's, it's pretty being incredible. more widely accepted too. Big time. So yeah, I'm into it. 
All right, I think we have one more. Uh, no, actually, we have uh, we have two more. Yeah, we um, have one more. <laughs> two more. Um, why the frack do they matter? Why the frack do they matter? Asks. This is a good question um, because next year it'll be well, not next year. In next month, it'll be a year for us. After a year of podcasting, what have you learned, and what advice would you give for those just starting out? Good question. Hmm, that is a great question. Um, so many things. Never stop trying to improve. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's a big thing. I think, you know, if you go back and listen to our first episode, um, it, it's a lot different. And I think that we made sure. <laughs> it's a lot different. Well, we yeah. we had to make sure to continually improve. We and um, resting on your laurels is only going to get you so far. True. And just strive to give people. Strive to give people quality content. Yeah. Quantity is not always better than quality. I, I'd say for me, two things I, I would tell people that are just starting is uh, number and one. Don't give up. <laughs> yeah, don't give up for sure. But uh, number one, do your homework. There were episodes where I thought I could skate through with watching like half the movie or not taking my time or not writing down notes. I learned really quickly that that is not correct because as soon as you get behind the microphone, you forget everything. Yep. Um, unless you have it written down, and we don't do that. All of our shows, if people don't know this, are pretty much unedited. We mm-hmm. just talk and talk, and thankfully, it doesn't always sound like garbage. <laughs> um, so do your homework. That's number one. Uh, the second is that um, when you start to build an audience, it is it, it suddenly will become, and I think you'll find this if you're just starting, it, it goes beyond a hobby, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. there is a point where you do now have a responsibility. If you want to do this, you don't have to do this. But we have definitely found with our listeners, especially with our queer community, that we have a responsibility to bring to you quality contents and uh, community building things and empowering things. We have uh, a responsibility to respond to you and a responsibility to do our best job for you, like, like, like Andrew was saying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, that's something that I really feel when we get behind these mics is that, you know, this is, I'm doing something actually sort of important here, like Alex was talking about before. Um, yeah. It, it, go, it goes beyond a hobby. That, that, that's what I would say. Yeah. As long as, you know, take it as, take it as seriously as you want, but yeah. uh, there does get to a certain point where you're starting to have people listening that, that you're influencing. Entirely. So Now, Andrew, there is just one more question. Oh, perhaps, is, there, is there one more? I think is there they, just I a think, question? Yeah, I think you could answer this. It's from Instagram. This is from Maddie <laughs> underscore Zaddy. Oh, I wonder who that is. Who is that? Um, is that, is that I, somebody we know? I have, or? I have yeah. no idea. Um, but the question is, why is Maddie so lovely? Uh, Do you want to th- take that one? Yeah, I definitely can. Um, I think that you um, are seeing from behind the rose-colored glasses of social media. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, what, what, what Andrew is meaning to say is that I was just born this way. <laughs> That's what he meant to say. Sure. I think, Anyways, that, I think that might have been planted. I'm not sure. But, no, yeah, no, it okay. wasn't. Yeah. Um, okay. But folks, that was questions. That questions. Was, that, those were some really good questions. Yeah. Thank, uh, thank you, everybody that um, participated and gave us your questions. We really appreciate we it. We love it. And um, seeing the outpouring of the questions only after putting it on social media once yeah. uh, was amazing. Right. So thank you. Uh, and I think that that will do us for um, this segment. And we are, we'll be right back with our first featured review of 30 Days of Night.
Welcome back, everybody. It's time for our horror and media segment. Whee. And today we are starting off with the 2007 feature, 30 Days of Night. Maddie, can you tell me a little bit about this movie? I sure can, Andrew. Uh, 30 Days of Night, uh, like you said, it was from 2007. Uh, it was directed by uh, David Slade. Um, it is a movie about vampires. It's a vampire movie. Um, it takes place in Barrow, Alaska, which I believe is the northernmost city in mm-hmm. the country. Um, and it's in that part of Alaska where uh, there's a period every year where it is night for 30 days. Yeah. So if, for those that you are not aware of uh, the Alaska uh, climate, essentially, is that they go through periods where it will be dark for 30 days and then it will be light for 30 days Mm -hmm. so it's a very interesting thing it's really i i could not imagine doing that and if you've ever seen the robert de niro i think movie insomnia oh um, i forgot about that that plays with the other half of this where it is light for 30 days yeah i'll tell you what either way i couldn't do it i have to have both night and day um but in this particular town uh, it's a very small town and um during this 30 days of night what happens but fucking vampires attack Jesus. because that's the creature that would come and attack a town in America that is under nightfall for the entire month. If you think about it, though, it's kind of ingenious. Yeah, it's totally ingenious. Um, so uh, a, a few details about the movie. Um, in the first shots, you see a, a, a normal human person standing on, you know, snow, uh, sort of like like on the sea's edge. And he's looking out towards this like big steamer ship, um, and there's like a little dinghy like at the shore with him, um, and he has come ashore from this boat. You don't know what's going on. He makes his way into Barrow, and he has a confrontation with uh, the lady who like runs the diner, and of course the sheriff. Uh, not of course, but the sheriff uh, is there at the same time and sort of stops any altercation from happening. The one of two cops, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, at the same time, his uh, his soon to be ex wife also comes into the picture, um, and she helps him out. It's not too long after that when they put the the guy that they've now arrested into a prison cell that things start to go wrong in Barrow. Mm-hmm. So the lights start to flicker, the internet won't work, their phones won't work, um, and everyone is wondering what the fuck is going on. All the dogs in the town have been murdered. All the dogs are completely murdered. There's just strange stuff happening all over the place. In a town that is not used to this kind of behavior. Yeah, and, it, and it's like, a town of like 300 people. So like everyone knows what's going on. Everyone knows everybody else. Now, before we get too far into the plot, yeah. why don't you tell me some of the notable actors that are in oh, this sure. movie? Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, let me look at them right now. Uh, first and foremost is Josh Hartnett, of course. He's finally graduated from his weird haircut in yes, this movie. he did. He looks sort of like a normal person. You know, and I think he's actually, um, I think he's really handsome in this movie. I do. Too. Yeah. I, mean, I think I, this is where I he turns. He's the corner for me. Yeah, he's, I think he's always like cute. 
you know and he's always had like a good body mm-hmm. but he's definitely like he's like a handsome man in this. He, well he it's he's graduated yes. he's graduated into adulthood he's no longer playing the teeny bopper roles that he did in h2o or the faculty right so. right um opposite and he josh, finally learned to use a comb and he did <laughs> um opposite josh hartnett uh playing his like i said soon-to-be ex-wife is melissa george uh she plays stella olsen uh danny houston is in this film ben foster i think danny houston plays the main vampire yes he plays uh oh who does have a name marlo is oh. his name we were just wondering well, about that before yeah um and then there are uh ben foster plays the stranger you've seen him in a lot of stuff of course yeah uh mark boone jr is in this uh mark rendell uh who plays the brother of uh josh hartnett in the movie he's in it yeah it's got a big ensemble cast yeah big yeah. ensemble cast and honestly it's it's pretty damn good acting throughout i'll be uh honest yeah i I think uh, melissa george plays she has she's got teeth man (laughs) she's got teeth um but she uses them well she she acts right through that's right because you know who else has teeth all the vampires in this movie they've got teeth they got lots of teeth yeah so you know stuff starts to happen and the stranger um uh tells them tells basically everybody in the jail and there's not that many people there that they're all going to die um, because there are these people Better coming, watch out. yeah, that are going to literally kill all of you. And boy, was he right. Well, and um, what you learn <laughs> later on is that he's kind of their uh, familiar. He's yeah. their kind of... Um, he makes stuff happen. For yeah, them. he he's the one that went into town and... He's you know, the sous chef, if you yeah, will. Yeah, he, he took all the cell phones he could find. He burned them. You he, know, that was a good pun. <laughs> Didn't even think about it. Because they're going to eat the... Hum- get it? He's yeah, the sous chef. I, I get it. Go ahead. Yeah. Like you were saying. Uh, he kills the dogs. Like, he he's the one that... That kind of sets it up so that when they do come into town, there is no way to get out. Uh, and one thing that we should point out is that during this 30 days of night, um, all liquor is banned because yeah. it's already depressing time enough. <laughs> and uh, there is literally... Which, by the way, if you ask me, like, that is one regulation where I would be like, you know what? I'm not living here. Yeah, right. Like... I, I can live through darkness, but if you're going to say that I can't have a drink, right. goodbye. We're well, done. And also, you well, you do see that in the beginning of the movie, the population of Barrow literally gets severed like in, in, half. in, in half. Yeah. And part of it is these, it, and it does a great job of doing this, is it sets up all these families that are basically saying, like, I know you can't handle this. Like, right. go ahead and you you leave. You go. I'll stay here. I'll stay here and make sure everything. And I'll see you in a month. Yeah. So there are those people that just can't handle it and they move right. and they move away to Anchorage or whatever for the for the month. But and, you, you know they smoke and weed and shit yeah. up there. Come on, please. And so they make it so that when the vampires do eventually show up, there's no way for people to escape. They've dismantled all the snowmobiles. They there's no yeah. way to get out and, so. and there's no way to tell people what we learn from the vampires in this too because the the vampires do talk um and they they're speaking another language um, and it's a completely original made-up language completely original and it it, it like the 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 person inside of me that is really interested in linguistics there is that nerd of, of me one of my many nerds that i keep inside my body um, I think it's really well done. Yeah, it's, me it's too. It's really interesting. Um, but one of the things that we learn from the vampires is that uh, they've they've been working for centuries to make sure that humans think that they're just a myth, right? And so they don't want humans to know that they're real, right? And so, like, like near near the end of the film, um, when they're uh, when they've basically killed everybody except for the the few people. Um, they start to spill oil all over the town. They're going to burn they it down. Destroy it mm-hmm. So that everybody, anybody who would come to Barrow would think that everyone oh, just it was a died. a terrible accident. In a terrible accident. So um, that, 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 that's, that's part of the story here, too. So yada, yada, yada. Stuff happens. The, the humans that, that, are, that survive the initial huge attack 
um, try Which, to we, try to fight back. Can and we talk about that attack a little bit? Yeah. And, uh, so just talking about the filming right away. I think this film. Um, and, uh, so, but also, can we just say that's the synopsis? We get it. Yeah. Uh-huh, we, okay. Uh-huh. So moving on to how this thing is filmed. I think it's filmed wonderfully. I think it's filmed like a graphic novel. Yeah. It's like very moody. It's moody, and there are parts of it that look like um, a comic. Oh, what are the parts of a comic? They're called um, windows, like window. Yeah. Like, sure. Squares. Yeah. Whatever that that mini part of a comic. I can't think of the word right now. Like literally frames, the, com- the frame, whatever yeah. the frame. Um, especially during like the main like battle scenes, like the the bird's eye view. Of I was it. gonna bring that up. Oh, yeah, it's. I think that is really well done. It's it's a it's a great trick to show like the um to show the scope of yeah, the battle. Like I at think. the catastrophe that's happening. Yeah, I, I thought that was that was particularly well done. And it's and it's specifically um, crazy and kind of gross because you're seeing like blood red being spilled on, you know, oh, pure yeah. white snow. Absolutely. So it's it's definitely in contrast. It's a huge contrast. But and, um and it and it works really well. Yeah, and this uh, I probably haven't seen this movie I don't know, and probably like Mm, was 2007 i probably haven't seen it in like six or seven years going back to it um it's a lot more brutal than i remember it's absolutely brutal like there's a lot of axes to the head and there's an axe to the head of a child yeah it's it's rough and it's like a it's a little girl um in like a little dress who's just one of the vampires that came along yeah um and fucking her head gets chopped off on the wall so There, if you're gonna be a vampire, <laughs> it's true. Um, but you know, I mean, it, it's a movie that does not shy away from showing you, you know, how how we're going to be handling this today. That was one part that I wanted to get your opinion on okay. with the little girl. So the little girl, at, after they kill her, everyone's like, "Did anyone recognize her?" Sure. And everyone's like, "No." So it that leads me to imply that she was brought with the vampires, like she was part of their colony. But she also speaks English because yeah. if you remember, she goes, "I'm sick of this one." Hi, I'm Chucky. You yeah, wanna play? exactly. Right. So, do you think that she was she a vampire that was brought, or do you think she was part of the town and they just didn't recognize her because she was now a vampire? I have two things to say. Okay. The first, <laughs> like, go, go please ahead. proceed. Uh, the first thing is that yes, I think that's the case. Which, which? I, I think I think it's the case that she was made a vampire. Okay. And, and they and they brought her along, okay. or she's tagged along. I do want to mention one thing here, though, is the, and that is that um, the movie does rely a lot on some implications because mm-hmm. there are some other things that I, that we were talking about before we did this recording. Where I was like, but wait a minute, why does this guy do this? Or were they that? Or hey, what's up with that thing? Mm-hmm. Not, I, I'm not angry about them, but I am saying that they were things that the movie did not make specifically clear. Sure. And and this is another one of those cases. Like she just kind of pops up out of nowhere, not speaking the language, right? Unless I don't know, fucking the vampires have the power to switch between languages. No clue. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the movie could have done a better job in making more solid those connections. Where does this person come from? Why are they doing this? It goes right into it. Yeah. There is not a lot of explanation of characters or of their relationships or, I mean, it's kind of implied that, you know, that the the two are brothers and you know that Melissa George and Josh Harnett had a a relationship. We don't know if they were married or, you know, we don't know the extent of their relationship. We know some of them, but um, some of the scope of the heartbreak later on in the movie is less intensified because you don't have those yeah. initial relationships to hang your hat on, I think, sure, is what sure. you're kind of getting to. Right, right, yeah. 
Um, some of the more uh, scenes that stuck out to me, obviously that aerial shot that you spoke of. Another scene that God, this time like really just made me like cringy was the um, live bait oh, scene God, yeah. with that that poor girl that gets basically um the vampires tell her go out and scream for help try to get people to come yeah, it's, out it's it's when they've they, hiding. they've killed mostly everybody but they know that there are still some people like that are probably in hiding yeah so they send her out in the street and, and they're like you know keep screaming help and they're gonna come out and find you and, and they and they know our main group of people kind of figure it out and they they don't go out to help her and then they essentially surround her and slice her up alive and it's really brutal and yeah and i think it's weird um as i get older i get more and more sensitive to the human the human cause sure. <laughs> and it really like hit you me mean, hard you this mean time. as you get closer to death yeah i think so well and it's 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 even it's even played even more brutally because then the brother says something to the uh to the extent of oh i've known Kristen since we uh, yeah. were kids well and another really great moment happens in that sequence and that's um when when she tells the main vampire who we now know is named marlo um, when she tells Marlo that, uh, well, they're all dead and I, I, I can't do anything else. And then he like comes in toward her and she's like, oh my God, don't help me, help me. Oh God, please help me. And then Marlo says, God. And then he looks up and he looks around and he looks back at her and he's like, listen, no God, God. God ain't coming yeah. to help you. He, he says, no God. I think it's a really interesting connection to our horror in real life right mm. there. And what I mean by that is this, the problems that we are in, no one is coming to help us. You're going to have to help yourself. Figure it out. There is nobody coming to save you on climate change or really anything else. Or vampires. Or, or vampires. <laughs> so figure it out. So anyways, I just wanted to pop Yeah, up. no, no, that's fine. Um, some other notable ties in this movie. Um, there's that one scene where we stumble across Bobby. Is that his name? The uh, other, The other cop. Oh, oh, yeah, his yeah, partner, yeah. Bobby, Bobby. Um, and we learn. You mean who drove me insane? And we learn that his partner uh, has essentially um, killed his family uh, to spare them from the atrocities that are happening in the town. And uh, to be honest, that was pretty rough. Like being like, "Oh shit, you killed your wife and two daughters." Yeah, to spare them from the brutal killing that they would have gotten. And, and he says that he would have killed himself, but the gun jammed. But the gun jammed. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting scene because like, I don't know. Like, I guess you could, you could understand it. Yeah. I suppose. No, I think um, and it's, for sure. But Josh Hartnett's character does not. Mm-hmm. And you know, he can't he, forgive him. He doesn't like punch him or hit him or anything, but he does like grab his head and he says something to the effect of they were they were your family you never hurt your you family. never hurt your family yeah. and it's something to think i don't know that's that's an interesting moral dilemma like what do you do mm-hmm. then do you fight do you fight till the very end or do you give up mm-hmm. um even if you know there is no hope right i don't i don't know i don't know what would you do i I don't think you can answer those questions until you're put into that situation. Well, get ready for tonight. <laughs> oh, was that is that what we're doing tonight? Yeah, apparently, <laughs> moral dilemma night. I, I I found a stranger. He's in the back room cool. right now, and he told me that we're all gonna you cool. know get attacked by vampires. I'm into it. I'm so, ready for it? Yeah, awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. What else? What else about this? This. Film? Um, well, the end of the movie we should probably talk about. Absolutely. So at the end of the movie, uh, Melissa George and a little girl that she has saved are trapped in the flames, and the flames. Uh, Josh Hartnett uh, decides I'm going to turn myself into a vampire so that I have their strength so that I can fight 
the main vampire yes is what i got from yeah. that yeah i agree um so he sacrifices himself to become a vampire and then fights the uh, marlo right marlo. that's what uh-huh. he said his name is mm-hmm. yes. um to prove i guess that they're like their dominance over them if you know you kill the leader and then the other ones kind of go by the wayside as, and they did yeah no i think it, it mean it worked he punched him right through the mouth right through the back of the head so he got yeah. the strength girl <laughs> but then of course you know it's time for the sun to come up and he doesn't and i don't think that he did he did this vampirism not to become a vampire forever but to literally sacrifice himself for his right. you know quote-unquote family right so and he burns up in the sun in the sunrise it's a very touching scene at the end um, touching yeah you know it's um i i i think it's a good movie I think it's a great movie. No, for, I love it. Um, it's a great movie for for winter. And I honestly think it's like a very underseen or under talked about vampire movie. I would agree with you. Yeah, I don't hear anybody talk about it. Especially because like the vampires in this are um they're they're a different sort of vampire. It's, they're a it's lot not, more brutal. They're way more brutal. This, this is not interview with the vampire. This is stuff. not your you know, your Vatican. This very, is not like this, yeah, Anne Rice is not a part of this development at all. Um this is very much brutal vampires who constantly have blood on their faces. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just like pretty vampires. There's blood all over. They ain't them. gonna take the time to seduce you. They're not. And they, <laughs> you know, they all have very interesting powers and um, you know, it's, uh, I, I think it's an interesting film. If you like vampires, I think it's a good one for winter because it reminds you that somebody out there is having a worse winter than you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really good. So do we want to rate it? Uh, sure. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, about the movie? I think that's it. I mean, it's a pretty simple story. Yeah, it's it's a simple story. I mean, it's easy to synopsize, really. And um, you could, of course, rent it on all the things. Mm-hmm. And you can you might already have the DVD or Blu-ray. I, I believe imagine. if you have a Stars subscription, yes, you can watch on it on Stars. stars. Right that, is, that is correct. So, um, My rating for this one... Um, on how do we always rate our movies? Well, yes, uh, it's on a scale of one to seven for the seven stripes of the rainbow flag because we're LGBT. And I am going to give this one uh, four stripes. And I think that's uh, a good rating for this. I think it's it's a fun movie to watch. I think it's a, g- a great story, very brutal, and it's a, it's a good one. I'm going to come in a little higher than you just because I think it's a, a really good movie. It's a, It gets right into it. It quips along at a nice steady pace. Uh, I'm going to give it 5.5. Oh, I like that. That's good. Yeah. So Wonderful. So, folks, that was uh, 30 Days of Night. Not 28 days later, which is what I actually almost just said, because it also <laughs> starts with a number. Um, but 30 Days of Night, uh, great film. We highly recommend it. You should watch it today. And we'll be right back with our next feature, our last feature of the episode. That is the 2010 movie, Frozen. From Disney. <laughs> Are you guys sure about this? Yeah, yeah, it works all the time. All you have to do is go over there and you say, like... I said that I could pay for all three lift tickets, and then I left my credit card at the gas station. Right. Totally on money. Just not enough for all three. (laughs) Last run, gotta make it... This is so messed up. 
Welcome back. And we are here with our final film of this episode. We are talking about the 2010 hit from Disney. I'm lying. It's not Let Disney. it go. No, I won't do it. I won't I'll, do it. I'll tell you what. I'm going to let this joke go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we are talking about the movie Frozen, which in all actuality, it is hard to tell people you're covering the movie Frozen and mm-hmm. have them go, you're covering Frozen? No, it's not the Disney movie. This is the 2010 horror film called Frozen, and Andrew is going to tell us all about it. So Frozen follows our three main characters, which are three, I would say, upper middle class white kids that are East Coast um, on a uh, weekend excursion to the local um, ski resort. And um, apparently they are too poor to buy a lift ticket. So they scam their way onto a, uh, a lift, you know, a ski lift. If you're not familiar, it's the chairlift that takes you to the top of the peak and then you ski down or whatever and um they have a grand old day skiing on the bunny hill and snowboarding and doing the stuff you know that the east coasters do shooting and, the hills dude yeah. or whatever, whatever um, they say yeah. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> this made that's, you sound very old that's actually probably not what they say um and it, towards the end of the day um the uh, guy who runs the chairlift is basically shutting down early because there is a, a pending snowstorm coming and our three uh protagonists are very adamant that they want to just do, go for one more ride they want to go for one more ride and so uh he doesn't really want to let him do it but he eventually lets him on he's like he's like okay fine just go up there you we get paid one, you 100 bucks yeah, you get one run down it's like just get up there and hurry and they're like absolutely we'll hurry we'll go as fast as we can um and in a uh, a snafu of events it basically happens that um they get stuck on the a series of unfortunate events finds them stuck <laughs> on the chairlift uh in yeah, the because, middle like, of the, the air the, the, the people like handling the chairlift like they switch hands like th- three times yeah and so everyone just forgets that they're up there basically yeah and then they're forgotten and they're up there and this is a ski resort that is only open on the weekends and it is sunday evening so they are essentially stuck there for the next five days in the freezing cold weather when i'm not talking you know just your everyday uh winter weather this is like east coast blowy snowy freezing Cold. cold weather cold 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 and they are up there together. And that's kind of the basic synopsis. Um, uh, Maddie, talk uh, talk to me a little bit about um, this movie. I, I'm going to say a couple of things that I just want to get out of the way to air my grievances right away. A couple of, of critical things. Yeah, and then sure. I'll let it go, yeah. if you will. You know, do, see, do, what I, see what do, I did there. Oh, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> um, do you want to build your ice castle now and tell people what those criticisms are? Um, I have two really big things. Okay, yeah, do it. I, I realize that this is a movie and that you have to have actors that you can like see their faces and see their emotions. Sure. But for fuck's sakes, cover your damn face. Yeah. Like she yeah. goes, uh, she gets frostbite within the first like 12 hours. And, and, and just to be clear here, folks, it's not like they don't have scarves and hats. And She's got huge flaps on her coat that she could literally zip up her coat. Right. Like they have the things to make the things not happen. It, one part that really annoyed me was that he literally has ski goggles on his head. He never once puts them on his eyes. Actually, instead, what he does is he throws them down. Mm-hmm. If you remember. So, yeah. So, uh, that's, so that's, that's just that's one. one big thing that have, I really had too? a problem. Is The other problem that I have is hey, everybody. Let's just think about this for a second, because there is a way down. You just have to think about it. 
if you just would all dangle off of each other, you'd be a lot damn closer to the ground to where you could drop down. Yeah. So just saying. I mean, we, 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 she, we do figure that out later in the movie, but that's when the chairlift actually breaks off of the line, mm-hmm. well, starts to, and she dangles down far enough that she can make it down. But before that, of course... Um, the the course of action that takes place um, after is ridiculous. Stuck, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but the the one guy. So let me give you the let me give you the the, the big the big names right, in this yeah, movie yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, before we get too far into it, so the big three names in this movie that you're gonna know are Sean Ashmore, uh, which he is actually a twin. I don't know if you knew that. Or I didn't not. know that. Aaron Ashmore is his oh, brother. Oh, oh. Uh, they're both actors. Uh, we have Emma Bell, who is of Walking Dead fame. If you watched The Walking Dead season one, and then um, Kevin Zeger who is also in the Dawn of the Dead remake. Oh, okay. So, yeah, those are sure. your big those are your big 3. There's a there's a, a little appearance by Kane Hodder in the movie. Kane Hodder um, plays I mean, Cody. <laughs> Cody, the guy who drives the the, the uh, groomer. It's, it's not a Zamboni. It's a gro- it's like a uh, snow groomer. It's a snow groomer. Yeah. God, what a name for a vehicle. Yeah. What a name. <laughs> snow groomer. God. So they should call me. What do you do for a living? I groom the snow. I the snow groomer. Um, um, anyway, anyway. So yeah. So the the first to the first to uh, to plop down from the, from the ski lift chair is uh, Kevin Zeggers. Yeah, and it basically uh, he's what, the boyfriend. Of what Emma leads Bell. to this is that he is the boyfriend, and he sees that she has um, started to develop um, frostbite frostbite on her cheek, and he's that's like the last draw for him. They've been up there um, at this point. Not not even that not long. even overnight, but enough into the night, yeah, to where it's probably like six hours. It's it's essentially where they finally like come up to the understanding of like no, they really did leave us up here. Yeah, there's like, really no oh, one shit. coming. Now. Like there's nobody coming. Yeah, so he decides I'm going to jump down, which you know, in in all actuality, not a bad plan. Not well executed here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, but also too, like, I mean, you know, snow seems soft. Could, it's not though. Not when it's hard a, packed like, like a that. Pillow, but like not like skiing snow. But, so this is like okay. As we see when they are looking down, they are amongst like trees and oh, stuff. So like, thing why don't you just jump into the pine tree? I I was telling them that for so long. It at least will break some of your fall, or that you can grab onto something. But yeah. dude, when he when this dude falls down. He breaks not one but both of his legs, and such not, that and there not is like, a bone, ugh, ugh. like the bone is completely coming out. So he he can't move. And there's a there's a moment when um they throw him like like a scarf or something to like help keep a little bit warm. Whatever. Yeah. Well, I think and, they do it to to do like a tourniquet. Right. So he stops oh, yeah, bleeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he That's stops right. bleeding. So they throw this tourniquet, and it's just outside of like his foot. So, like, if you hadn't broken your leg, you could probably easily bend to get it. He has to bend over his broken, snapped leg. It's so hard to watch. It's so gross. It's, it's, oh my God, that was, that, that part in particular was hard to watch. Not only does the dude break his legs and there's blood and there's a bone, fucking wolves start to come in the picture. <laughs> Which, like, that was another thing I was like, wolves. okay, so nobody's ever been attacked by wolves to their knowledge on this on this ski hill, but all of a sudden we have, like, a pack and a half of, like, rabid wolves. Like, hungry for man blood. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's like they've had it before. Um, so that, that that's a significant, you know, all of a sudden terrible problem for them mm-hmm. because also they watch him get fucking eaten by wolves. Yep. Like, that's what happens. He just gets killed. Yeah, so and now- it's it's this is the thing about this movie that um, I realized on this watch of this movie, uh-huh. this movie is just mean. 
Like, it's really mean. Yeah. It's mean-spirited. Do you think it's also sort of realistic? I mean, yeah, I guess. But, like, why? I don't know. There's just certain conversations that they have to very swelling, like, uplifting music that's, like, supposed to make you feel hopeful. And then they're and like, then, nope, sorry about it. Yeah. Like, it just, it's, it kind of plays with your emotions a little bit more than what I sure. would, what I would like. Um, but, yeah, it's just my, my I think, two cents. I think I would agree with that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, after that first death, then they're just those two are stuck up there now. The and two, now they are blaming the have, each other. Yeah, they, 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 they're sort of antagonistic throughout the whole movie, right? Because the, the one guy, uh, what's his name? Sean, Sean Ashmore. His character is, is upset because this was supposed to be just like a boys weekend. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be any girlfriends. Sure. It was supposed to be him and his, and his buddy. And she's come along to ruin that. And perhaps if she hadn't been with them, they wouldn't be up there in this, in this situation right now. And, and his friend wouldn't be dead. Or maybe they should have just bought a lift ticket. Maybe they should have done that. Or maybe, like, I don't I don't know. Fucking don't go skiing. You know, like, uh, listen, I don't go skiing for a reason. Because I know that if I do, I'm going to die. <laughs> you know what? I, I've learned that lesson in my life. Maybe the rest of you should, too. No, but honestly, I am absolutely, I'm terrified of skiing. And watch, <laughs> watching this movie solidified it for me again. I never want to go skiing. Well, we went skiing a lot when I was kids. Oh, it was fun. I'm terrified of it. Um, the, I think some of the bigger... Did anybody die? No. Oh. No. <laughs> Did you get stuck in a chair? No. Oh, so it doesn't happen every time. Though. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Lots of people go skiing and this never happens to them. But not what I've heard. Because you know what? Just like how I live my life, follow the rules and <laughs> won't get hurt. Very, that is very true. Um, but some of the bigger things that happen in this movie, there is a portion of the movie where um, Emma Bell falls asleep overnight <sighs> and she has lost her glove because she desperately needed to have a cigarette. And for why... Is beyond me. I mean, I, you know, I get it. If you're facing death, I would probably have one now too. And um, but also, like, put your glove back on. Well, she drops it. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> the don't don't the put your hand inside something. Right. That's all I'm trying to say. She falls asleep with her hand Ooh. on the uh, what would you call it? The chairlift safety, like safety bar. Safety bar, and it's stuck there. I mean, if you've ever seen a Christmas story, <laughs> you know what happens when skin gets frozen to metal and, and it just comes off. And she has to, this is another part where I'm like, everyone, let's think for a second. I have a lighter in my pocket. How about we heat up the pole so that yeah. it's not tearing my flesh away? Yeah, that might help. I'm just, this is, that's my, I'm, I'm going to say it one more time and I'm going to be done after that. Yeah. Everyone, think. Just think. Think before you do. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. But. And then eventually, um, the, uh, the other guy, uh, in, in, in an attempt to, you know, get down and figure things out, he uh, he he sort of like um, scales the... scales the 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 cable to go to the car behind him because the car behind him is closer to a pole. The pole has a ladder that brings you down to the ground. So of course that's precarious because the the cable is very sharp. I didn't um, get that. I'd have to understand that a little bit more. Well, I, I have heard that before that those cables are intensely sharp. Like it's, it's like it's like razor. Yeah, almost. I don't get it though. Like I don't I, really understand. Prob- probably because the wheels of the things that that hold the the lifts like up. lift like connect on they, like the, yeah i would imagine that they those wheels going over and over and over and over again sharpen and polish it so that it hmm. would be extremely sharp no i i totally um yeah. i totally did not give it uh it was not like thought, a thing yeah, thought about but it, i was right. just like how is that sharp yeah. like i want to know yeah so, <laughs> so he he does make it over uh painfully but then he eventually climbs down when he gets down of course he's injured too um, and he gets on a snowboard that's down there and sits his ass on it and you know, goes down, heads the, down the mountain. 
and uh, followed and she, quickly by a yeah, pack of wild by, wolves. By a pack of wolves, <laughs> and she is uh, hopeful that he's going to return soon. And at this point, she, the uh, chairlift has been damaged from yeah. them like swinging so on it so much. She's dangling. She's now. teetering on the edge. And and then she um, she falls asleep, and when she wakes back up, he's not returned yet. So mm-hmm. something's mm-hmm. obviously wrong. The thing keeps falling and falling until she finally falls down, and then she's on the ground, and then um, she's got to crawl. Well, the chairlift falls on her yeah, leg. On her leg, because it just keeps on going. Um, <laughs> so she she crawls down the mountain, and on her way down, she goes pa- past uh, the ravaged body of uh, Sean Ashmore's character. That's what I mean. This movie's so... Yeah. Just... And the wolves are eating them, and the wolves go after her, but then the head wolf is like, nope, come back and... We've had enough. Eat some more of this body with me yeah um and she keeps on climbing down and eventually she gets saved because she makes it down to the road which um this part in the movie where she's like sliding down i'm like oh that kind of looks like fun yeah <laughs> yeah and she, and she actually does it sort of quickly too over yeah. this very big ski hill so i didn't really buy that um things about this movie that i like well can we talk about the end yeah, yeah, where yeah, she yeah, yeah. literally sure, sure. Um, in an attempt to save her life, she crawls into middle of the road. Yeah. And I totally, um, it, like I said, I had only seen this movie one time before this um, watch, and I couldn't remember exactly how it ended. And in a mean-spirited movie like this, I kind of thought she was just going to get hit by a car, and that was going <laughs> to be the end. <laughs> that could have been interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, th- I think it's... Um, it is a good environmental, uh, atmospheric horror movie. Yeah, made me feel cold. Yeah, made you feel cold. You know, I, it's uh, it, it is terrifying to think about yourself completely isolated and away from any sort of help. Yeah, and, I do think and the, to to figure out what the fuck you're going to do in an impossible situation. I do think the writing's pretty good. I mean, it's there's bad. there's some good dialogue. They play off of each other pretty naturally. Um, there's one speech that um, Emma Bell gives that really hit me hard where yeah? she talks about her dog that's at home oh yeah yeah, yeah. And, and she's, she's gonna die she's literally like if i die the dog is gonna starve to death yeah. and it's gonna wonder why i neglected like why did i never come home and right. it, that gave me a little bit of the choker uppers yeah i, so. I can and i can understand why um you know i i think uh, so, some problematic things with the movie are like you know, it's three rich white kids. Why do I care? Mm-hmm. In, in in some ways, you know what I mean. Like, oh, you got caught skiing. I, you you died. It's terrible. But well, okay. It's kind of um, you. So they 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 pay the guy to go on the chairlift. Yeah. They pay for food and drinks in the lodge. Yeah. So they have money. Yeah. Why didn't they just legitimately buy a lift ticket? I, I don't understand. I mean, and this is something because I like I've I've literally never gone skiing before or even like been on a ski hill. Are lift tickets really that expensive? I mean, they can be expensive, but not you. Okay, so you've already invested in. You all drove of, there. You've drove there. You've invested in all of the equipment because they're not renting those snowboards yeah. and skis. Like that, those are their their equipment. Yes. So you know the price that comes with doing this hobby, right? So just do it legitimately. If, but. If- and, and honestly, like, why? I just don't understand really why you wouldn't. But I mean, I guess that, that that's know. the premise that we have to follow with this yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. So that's what it is. There's some good cinematography. Good I cinematography. think the director does a great job. I especially like at the beginning, you're getting a lot of these foreboding shots of the chairlift and the various gears and various, well, like. And this is the his debut, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Um, David Green or something like that? I, yeah, Adam, Adam Green. Adam Green. Yeah. Adam Green. That's right. 
uh it's got a good atmosphere i I like the way that he kind of premises everything is you know when you're going into it you think this is like a gonna be a great ski trip movie like fun yay and then it just quickly goes downhill from there um i just i've already kind of aired my grievances uh but overall i still enjoy the movie i just think that if you start to pick it apart just a little bit it falls apart pretty quick yeah i i don't think it's a story that is that is you know, it's not going to like knock you out or you know change your life or anything. I, I think I think Thirty Days of Night is a, is a far more like exciting film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, up uh, for obvious reasons, um, but I think it's it's a much more cohesive winter weather film, and you know, probably maybe a little bit more terrifying. Um, but I do think that there are the real scares, like I was mentioning earlier in Frozen, that um, should scare you. I, I mean, especially I imagine if I was a skier. Um, or a snowboarder or whatever, that this movie would probably have a much bigger effect on me. I would guess. Um, because I would think about being in a, in a chairlift and it getting stuck, which I understand happens actually kind of frequently. Um, but what if it never started again? And yeah. what if you were just by yourself? A lot of times it gets stuck because, um, you know, when, you, when you're getting on a chairlift, if you, so you've never been skiing, but when you're getting on a chairlift, yeah. you literally have to position yourself to when the chair comes around, you just kind of plop down in it. It doesn't stop. That is you. terrifying. So <laughs> a lot of times if people aren't ready for that, they'll get knocked, knocked down over, or yeah. like whatever. So that's why the chair I lift stops pretty frequently because yeah, there's a lot right. of inexperienced people that are trying to go sense. up the hill or have an accident or, and when when you get off the chairlift you literally have to mm. ski off of it you have to be ready to deploy otherwise you are going around again all the way around you know i'm thinking here about another um you know how i'm trying to think about how each movie is analogous to our horror in real life and i think maybe the uh, the analogous section here for us right to, to climate change is uh humans trying to cheat their way out of it right mm-hmm. so like here's a great example of some people that are trying to cheat their way and get around the laws of nature in this case you know the rules of, of the hill mm-hmm. and guess what you can't do it man nope. you're gonna get stuck you're gonna, you're get, gonna get punished and nature is gonna come around and kick you in the ass and make you get stuck and send wolves after you and make your face fall off and make your face fall <laughs> off and guess what like if you don't tackle climate change you're gonna get stuck in that fucking lift so listen Brothers and sisters, <laughs> don't be a fucking doof, man. Don't get stuck on the lifts. All right. So, what do you uh, give? What do you give Frozen on a scale from one to seven? Three point five being a middle of the road. I'll come right in the middle and say three and a half on this one. I, I think I, I would probably watch it again. I don't, don't need to watch it all the time, um, but I, th- I think it's a you know it's a mostly solid movie. Um, mm-hmm. There are some problems that we had, but yeah, I mean, I would watch it again. I would recommend it to somebody to watch. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a fine movie. Um, I I have my issues with it. Um, I think it's very well made. Um, yeah, the actors are good. Uh, the story's a little rickety. Um, I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna come in. So uh, it would be in the middle. Uh, I'll give it a four. Okay, sure. Yeah. Makes sense. I enjoyed it. I just. I just want people to be smarter. Yeah, and also I think it's kind of a function of 2010. Sure. Right? I mean, it's not that old, but also it's kind of old. Yeah. So, but all right. So uh, that will that will they'll do it for our Let horror go, media man. section. Let it go. And we will be right back to close out the show and bring you a slice left, slice right moment.
All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, We are here to close out the show, episode 13, and we are here to play one of our favorite games, Slice Left, Slice Right. It's just like being on Tinder or any of the dating apps that you're familiar with. If we slice left, we don't like the person. If we slice right, we like the person. So here are our um, potential mates today. Um, Our potential mates are Josh Hartnett. Obviously, Sean Ashmore, Kevin Zeggers, and Danny Houston. Danny Houston played the main vampire in 30 Days of Night. All right. So where do you stand with Josh Hartnett? I am slicing right all the way. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I don't have, have to tell you why. I, I think he's always been cute. And I think he's handsome in this movie. Um, so yeah, I'm sli- slicing right. I will slice right for how he looks in this movie. Okay. I'm really, really bugged by his hair in some of those earlier movies. I know, but that kind of bedhead thing actually kind of turns me on, though. Ew. Anyways. Anyway. Um, what about uh, Sean Ashmore? Slice from, right, slice from, right. From, from, okay, all right. Yeah. There we go. So from Frozen. He's got those eyes, man. He does have really good eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, one of the hard things about the movie is that you don't really see their body at all, but whatever. Um, I think I, well, I would... also plays... Um, Iceman in oh, the yeah, 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 fair enough. Yeah. Um, I, I would also slice right on Sean Ashmore. I think he's a cutie. Yeah. Because yeah. um, so uh, Kevin Zeggers, who plays the other, the boyfriend of Emma Bell. Uh, Kevin Zeggers, I would also slice right on. Um, I, I, I have to go back and like look at stills from the movie again, because his, his eyes, um, they're not bad. But sometimes he does some weird things with his eyes. I couldn't figure <laughs> out if maybe he had a lazy eye or oh, not. Maybe. But that could be. Anyways, um, not that people with lazy eyes are bad. I'm not saying that. But yes, I would slice right on him. I'm going to slice left, unfortunately. Why? He's a little too white bread for me. Like, oh. it's just like a little too like... You don't want that sandwich? He's just like so basic, bro. You don't want that, you don't want that Wonder Bread sandwich? I'm good. Mm. Um, <laughs> anyway um, okay do you need a moment no i don't <laughs> go ahead all right and so our last contender here is the main vampire marlo uh played by danny houston i'm slicing left oh yeah like look okay i i love vampires it's one of my favorite genres i think it, I, vampires are cool I'm definitely more of the Victorian era, like pretty vampire. Oh god. These vampires are not good looking. They are bloody and they have ugly teeth. <laughs> so that's my answer. I'm slicing left on this on this on this bozo. I may be controversial. Okay. But I'm gonna slice right. Holy sh what are you into these days? I don't know. He is just kinda like weirdly sexy. Oh know. my god. Wow, girl. I don't know. Okay. I don't know about it. God, Michael's got something in, in for him. <laughs> Jesus. Um <laughs> Ooh. Well, that was slice left, slice right. That was a pretty quick one, but yeah. It's a quick one. Well, I think it's a good way to, to end our, our episode though, yeah. today. So that is uh, episode 13. And I just want to point out one thing, too. And that's yeah. the next month is going to be our... We, we've had a lot of like milestones because we're you know new and new-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but next month will be our year anniversary. One year ago. Yeah. We decided to do this. We did. Thousands and thousands of listeners later, and almost it'll be 14 episodes next month. That's, yeah, it's a lot. Speaking of our listeners, uh, we just want to uh, once again thank you so much for tuning in, so much for listening, uh, so much for interacting with us on social media. Totally, totally, uh, totally. We, we really do appreciate it, and we try to get back to every single person that even says hello to us. So we really appreciate everything you do, and to all of our fellow podcasters out in the world, especially our little independent ones. Yeah. 
Um, um, keep on chugging along. We're there for you. You can um, do it. We support you, and uh, we know that you support us. So we wanted to throw that out there to all of our friends out there. And just one more reminder to all of you, um, next month we are focusing on exes for our Horror in Real Life segment, and we are looking for your real actual messages from your awful terrible ex we're talking emails uh voicemails. ims uh voicemail voicemail will be cray cray but yeah, that's fine they're great <laughs> i mean we, we, we won't play it but we will dramatize it we we have a couple of actors that are going to um I'm, I'm putting together a little script for them to perform for us and we'll use the actual words of those things that you submit to us the only thing that we ask of you is that they are real you're not making them up and that they are the actual text message or email or voicemail or whatever not just you telling us the story of it yeah so um you can send those things to our email frygay13 at gmail.com we will change all names for sure so they will be anonymous and during the course of the performance we will not say who it comes from so it will be completely anonymous but it'll be fun for you to listen to it'll be so much fun for you to listen to if we do pick your submission we will of course let you know yeah so that about does it remember to follow us on all of these social media platforms we got the twitters we got the the facebook's we even got the instagrams and you better review us too and yeah if you wouldn't mind i know we say this every episode but i'm gonna say it again take the time it'll take you literally literally 30 seconds go on and just say one sentence about what you like or don't like if you don't like us um i doubt you'd make it to this part in the episode if you didn't like us but whatever Uh i hate these guys <laughs> if you wouldn't mind taking the one minute to review us on iTunes, give us that five star review. Um, it really does help. We are constantly scouring the internets to make sure that we are out there um, and really. We would don't pay it. money for an algorithm. We rely on you to help yeah. us with that. So if you want to help more people discover who we are, we really do need you to help spread the word and to write those reviews because that's how the algorithm works. So if you can take a few minutes. That'd be great. Check it out, man. All right, Maddie. I think that's about it. Andrew, good job today. I think we did our job today. We, we earned that. Made. We earned that um, not paycheck. It's true. Damn it. God damn it. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go drink some more sparkling water for the rest of January. Great. And uh, I'm gonna not eat carbs. Perfect. That's be fantastic. <laughs> Anyways, folks, we love you. We'll see you next month. And we always want you to get, get slayed. slayed.